0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Fiends Podcast. I am your host, Larry, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Nick. Hi. If this is your first time listening to the show, we want to thank you for checking us out. And we also want to remind you that you can find us on social media. That's facebook.com slash The Fiends Podcast, Instagram at the Fiends Podcast, and over on our YouTube channel, you can subscribe to the channel and you can find the video version of this podcast posted every single Friday, and that's youtube.com slash fiends TX, or you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, today uh, is a special show because we have two, uh, two guests. They've been on previous episodes of the podcast, uh, two brothers to be exact. And two alumni. Alumni, yeah. The other half of Fiends, the original members and uh the first being our lead guitarist and that's lead guitarist because he plays the leads yeah and uh everybody welcome to the show chino Gomez. yeah all right what's going on and uh our other guest uh he is not the lead guitarist because fuck that he doesn't play leads this guy only plays slipknot riffs
1: slipknot riffs and Kill Switch Riffs.
0: Kill Switch Riffs and uh, what was that other band? As Blood Runs Black Riffs. As Blood Runs Black Riffs. Yeah, that's it. If you if you need any of those riffs, this is your go to guy. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Roly uh, Rolly Gomez, aka Fat Acid's Creed. What up, yo? I'm
1: I will glad say to be back. I, he probably does more Acacia strain riffs now.
0: We've graduated.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh. well, yeah, yeah. We're Acacia I, Strain
0: I Riffs status now. Definitely. It's evolution. evolution is a mystery, full so, I see. Uh, we are gathered, dearly beloved, we, we, we are, are gathered, gathered here, here today. today. Uh, this is a show that has been a long time coming. Uh, we thought it would be uh, a lot of fun if we revisit uh, the very first EP we recorded, and that's the Witch House EP. Now, this is... This story is a little difficult to tell because there are two very important uh, people missing here today. And uh, we want to give a shout out to the first being our ex-bassist, Jason. Uh, I did reach out to him to uh, come do the show today, but he uh, unfortunately was unavailable. He's actually getting married tomorrow as we record this.
1: Congrats, Basin. Congrats, Brock.
0: Congratulations. So uh, congratulations to him. But uh, yeah, uh, I really wanted him here because he was a very integral part of our story especially for the first uh, four years of the band so um i really want to get his perspective somewhere down the line because uh uh, there's a lot of funny stories about how he came into the band and then his whole time with us so we will save that for another time uh the second being um our other ex-bassist uh josh lopez from widowmaker studios uh he recorded this album. His fingerprints are all over it. Um, unfortunately, he's he's doing a million things right now. so um, When isn't he? That's true. So one of these days, we'll have to uh, touch base with him and kind of get his input of what it's like to uh, record us. But um, yeah, shout out to those two guys, uh, the fifth and sixth member of Fiends. Um, so what I wanted to do is... We're going to break down each song and we're going to share a little bit of backstory, um, anything interesting that kind of comes to mind. Um, If you're interested in how albums or songs are made, then this is going to be a fun listen. If you ever wanted to know like the creative input uh, bands put into, uh, put into their music, like, that's something I'm interested in. Like, I always think of other bands. Uh, like, there's certain things, like, um, do they put a lot of uh, thought into it, or does it kind of, are they happy accidents? Now, we're a band where a lot of it is meticulous, at least in the early days with Nick and I. I don't know. Uh, Roly and Chino, you guys, at the beginning, I think you've always kind of had, like, a mentality of just, like, we're cool with whatever you guys want to do whatever we just want to play the music um is that fair to say
2: yeah it it uh it's always been that way for me you know i just kind of like uh follow wherever y'all y'all are like the leaders of the band so i kind of just let y'all do the you know do everything and i just kind of follow and just create what y'all have in mind you know and me and roly we uh create what y'all have
3: Dude, to be honest with you, I'm always surprised how every new song that we write is always like almost better or if not equal to the song that we've written before. Uh, like, for us as a band, to be honest with you, like, I'm always surprised because I'm, I'm like, dude, this song's so badass. How are we going to top this? And then we fucking come out and do some other badass shit. And I'm like, dude, now this is my favorite song. But <clears throat> as writing songs in a band, like, it's. I'm happy because it's like, we still, me and Chino still get to put our own little shit to it we have that little space where it's like yeah that's fucking roly yeah that's fucking chino on that part and then that, that fucking parts larry and then nick adds his vocals it's like i don't know man i think it's just great in the all sense of how we write stuff it's it's been a it's been a it's been a trip man to be honest with you yeah that's we've true. been together for so long it's mm-hmm. been a trip
0: Yeah. Now, I should probably catch everybody up because this is a story, I think, that starts uh, at the later half of 2013. So we've talked about this previously, but long story short is that we were in our previous band, Burn This Day, We were kind of at the tail end of that. Nick comes up with the ingenious idea of let's change the name because this shit is not working. And uh, the story goes that we were kind of hesitant at first. Like, we just wanted to cling on to that name. But um, in hindsight, it was the best thing we ever did because uh, you cannot make a second first impression. So we already invested so much time into this old band, Burn This Day. And no matter how good we got or whatever we did, we were just never going to change things or turn things around because people either knew us as that band or didn't care to know us as that band. So that's probably the, the, the best thing we ever did. So kudos to you, man.
3: Yeah, man. Sorry to interrupt, but it, it's also the time <clears throat> that we decided to like, say, fuck it, and let's just do what we like to do. Yeah, because exactly. That we sounded, mm-hmm. that what we think sounded cool, and we'll just fucking play it. Yeah. I think that's when we just realized, well, that, damn, did that it works. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for so long now, and it's just been great. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't only the, the name that w- when we changed our name,
2: we also changed... It was a game changer for us because we also changed the music that we made. We so changed the music, we changed the attitude. attitude it, yeah, it was, it was attitude, a total was
1: 180. Exactly. Yeah. We
2: were like totally invested in... And, you know, how, how our appearances on stage, our performance, everything changed, especially for me. You know, there was no his <laughs> shirts or, uh, or yeah. golfing shorts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. To on stage. Definitely. But, but definitely, man, it, it was a, definitely a stepping stone to what Fiends is now. And yeah.
0: we, we were already heading in that direction at the, the last, uh, I'd say maybe the last six months of Burn This Day. Um, but once we switched over to the Fiends, the music changed drastically, um, by design. Um, and I think um, I think for you guys, like you always like Nick and I always had a vision of what we wanted. We just it just never quite clicked. But I think you guys just I, I could feel like. It, You guys don't complain about anything. You guys are, are, you know, happy doing what you do and playing the music. But I could tell that you guys wanted to play something heavier. Like, you just always wanted to do something. Like, it just wasn't quite it. So, I think once we changed that, that was better. At least it was more fun for you guys, I think, right?
3: Yeah. For me, it was. Because, like, I I like that heavy shit. But I also like doing the technical stuff aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the part I never, ever um, let go of. but
0: you never got uh, a chance to do that with our old stuff yeah you could never like you you, you got to a certain ceiling you could never like challenge or push yourself because the stuff we were playing was just so i don't know amateurish
3: now that the way we are is the fact that i and i still haven't let that aspect of of my guitar playing go it's like where i have that heavy shit but Uh i still add my little tweaks With, with,
1: with burn this day i felt like we were all in a mindset where we had to sound a certain way. And um,
2: I totally agree with
1: that. Yeah, like like we felt like it was a necessity. We had to sound like this. We have to do this until it just kind of dawned on me one day, like why, like why are we trying to hold on to shit that's not working? We've been trying to do this for over five years now, and it's obviously not doing anything. And if I go, if I listen to the song, that I some of those things that we're trying to do, I don't like those parts. I just they don't speak to me. They don't they don't really serve the song purpose. So that's why I was like, why don't we just do what we want to do, all killer, no filler, and, and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, and then that's, yeah, that's what happened.
0: And now um, the mentality, it, it definitely changed. Um, it became more of a fuck you kind of attitude. And if you remember, I guess, like 2013, 2012, we're already like at the the kind of the phasing out of that Rise Records band era I mean <laughs> pre- previously yeah. it was the, the Death deathcore VFW era and then came the Rise Records band and then after that like I don't know man I don't know I think that the scene was kind of struggling for an identity there were still a lot of the residual like elitist kids that would go to the shows like impress me bros kind of like you know still like I only want to see my friends band and mm. um, the types of people that would make fun of the shit that we grew up listening to. The 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 same types of people they're gonna pretend like they're too cool, like they never listened to like any of the nineties bands or the new metal era. And we got to a point where we just like fully embraced it. Why are we gonna try to fit into this scene when we can just embrace our roots and just do something with that? Like why can't we fuse the old school with the
1: new school? Like like I'm tired of pretending that you know yeah, like, you know, like one of the like, one of the bands that, you know, you can totally tell that we're influenced by is Amir. And Amir was one of the first yeah. bands to kind of start doing that. And it just fucking was awesome. It was killer. Mm-hmm. And that kind of paved the way for a lot of bands like us. Because let's face it, there's kind of like a new metal resurgence um, in our genre. And I think Amir was probably at the forefront of that. And so, and exactly what you said, it, like, that's what we wanted to kind of bring back into our music. because it's like, why the fuck not? no one else is doing it and that's the shit i want to play totally and you know and those are the bands who make noise the bands who make you know the bands who get people talking whether it's good or bad those are the bands that get people to go into the shows unlike burn this day where let's face it we really didn't get a lot of people talking so at least with fiends it's like we either you either we either give you a reason to not like us or you like us so that was kind of what happened with this at the beginning i would imagine
0: now the funny part is is like you said there is an uh, there <laughs> became a new metal resurgence but for context back in this time that was not the case they were still looked at down there was a couple bands that started to do that but like it was still very much like made fun of and frowned upon now let's talk about influence because you mentioned a big influence uh, in mirror now i think in the early like early 2010s i'd say like Maybe around two thousand eleven, like two thousand twelve, like we were still in Burn the Stay, but we were heavily influenced by like the Emirs, uh, the Acacia strains, right. and Legend.
1: Legend. We were, you know, bleeding through. Um, we were trying to do all that. I mean, we weren't going full blown like bleeding through, but like we were trying to imp- influence like some of like their more speed and thrashy mm-hmm. shit yeah. into our through music. The eyes of the
3: Dead. Yeah. As so
1: Blood Runs Black is another one. So I mean, but with like but like that era it was definitely a murication i mean 2011 and, and like
0: we jammed the pale horse like my legend yeah so much that summer mm-hmm. like it was just on repeat in your truck i i have very like fond memories yeah. of that
1: yeah and i never got tired of it it's, yeah. it's it's still
0: a banger like to this day so those were our early influences now like at the end of 2013 comes like this and going into 2014 i feel like that's where like a spark was reignited with this because there's this like new wave of bands that started coming around that really pushed us to be like why can't we do what they're doing why they're doing something completely original and so one of the first bands that i remember um that really got us excited was uh, a sworn in definitely uh the death card came out um They just did everything different, right, different Different and right. Um, I mean, uh, uh, it got us so excited. The presentation was there. I mean, they had the the matching, the matching hoodies. They had the the album was pretty much a concept album. Uh, It was still modern, but it was still had some, some uh, seeds of like the old school. And I think we discovered like, you know, sworn in death card when uh, not a, not as many people were listening to that band. Yeah. But then I think we, f- then we figured out like, oh, that band's just ripping off another band and we would go on to find out uh, this band called Monsters. And that's really, I think where like the story begins. Like that is the band
1: that, the, if there's one band that we really, at least Fiends, like built a foundation off of, and even like, like, like the latter maybe portion of Burn This Day, was monsters uh, when we first heard monsters we we're like oh fuck and there's your hidden gem for this yeah. week yeah, like, yeah that that was actually mm-hmm. my hidden gem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <really> well, <laughs> well we'll get to that because that's a band that n- not a lot of people know about but um pretty much and and they come from the same like area i think the chicago I area has so, yeah. as a mm-hmm. bunch of those bands so all those bands, you know, I don't know if they'll admit it, but I think they took a lot of elements from them. And like it, this is like the most like uh, their stage presence was insane. Like they just the music was
1: just like it, it was a really cool combination of just like 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 some parts of deathcore, maybe with with nu metal. And they just, it made it work, man.
3: I like to feel like we're kind of like that band and like an homage to them. Because dude, honestly, when I fucking heard Monsters the first time, I was like, dude, they were like fiends before we were fiends or something, because these guys fucking go hard and they had such simple riffs like we do now, but they still had that little minor technicality to their riffs too.
0: And it was the attitude also.
3: And the attitude, the singer just, dude, watching that singer live, like he didn't give a Like he was there To make people like Motherfuckers Let's go Yeah He pumped everybody up In the crowd If
0: anybody wants to say That we're a Monsters Ripoff band Good (laughs) I'll take it like that's, i am not cool, offended dude. in 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 the least um so i think those are like the two like i i remember like we would hang out at your house on your couch and we would listen to those bands and we would get excited to write music we were like oh man like we we can do this we can do it and we can put our own little spin on, on it, it. Yeah. cuz
1: i mean yeah we 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 jokingly say like we ripped off these bands but I mean, if you listen to us and some of these bands, you'll see that there's, there are differences, but I mean, um, you know, we didn't like full blown, just rip these bands off, but we say it cause it's funny and it, and it's kind of true as far as like bands that made us at least got us started. And then we changed it to, you know, what we needed to change, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of these bands aren't even bands anymore.
0: Um, yeah. uh, I think there was an also, uh, shortly after that, there was another wave that got us equally as excited and that just really like, it, it, it kept us going like to, to really push our boundaries. And then this next wave, I think for me, it was like, it was bands like, like villains bands, like barrier and the big one bands like gift giver. You want to talk about a a fuck you attitude that band epitomizes that mentality. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I maybe throw in uh, at the later end like maybe throw in like a uh like a dark complex in there or a widow as they were formerly known yeah. but like those were the bands that and and those are all bands that came out and they were all like geographically located like within the same area and they toured together but like those are all bands with their own identity those bands you know they could be on the same bill but you can tell the difference between each band Mm -hmm. and that was a cool thing and so like you know in ways i feel like we took you know little elements of each band and just all of our influences and just this melting pot and just it created what would later go on to well yeah i mean like
1: like some of like our peers like in the scene who like some of those bands would always click oh you guys remind us of villains or like we'd hear people or people would hear gift giver and they'd be like oh hey like they kind of sound like gift giver you know what I mean? Like, like it wasn't uncommon for us to be told some of those things, like at the very, like towards the beginning. So that was kind of cool because I was like, okay, well people are picking up that we're we're trying to like implement some new shit.
0: Before we get into the actual EP itself, we should probably start with, um, let's start with the name, um, the name Witch House, and I think this was my idea because mm-hmm, it was. during that time, um, I got. Real heavily into like darker type of music, and then I kind of discovered Witch House, and that, that you, for a short period of time, that's all I was listening to. Like I was just, you know, uh, just scouring like the the deepest parts of YouTube for all these like different bands, and um, I just thought like that's a sick ass name, and it's 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 a fucking badass genre of music. How come nobody's ever done this? And it's it's got a double meaning to it i thought um because early on um nick and i decided that uh we wanted to do a concept album um we wanted to kind of do something kind of a little bit spookier, something this this ep is our tribute this is our ode to the horror genre Uh, all these songs are kind of inspired by some kind of movie maybe not even anything specific but just like horror in general and so we thought like oh that's a perfect name for it like which house you get the and, and if we move on like to the to the the album artwork like um which house okay like what's like the most iconic horror movie house of all time the amityville horror mm-hmm. house like so i mean we could have found like you know some spooky looking house but like if you want something iconic that everybody knows like that's the house so i mean it was very like on the nose like like, just in your face, like, this is it. And so, you know, that's that's pretty much where the album artwork comes from. It's, it's nothing too uh, original, but I think it works. I think it's a strong image. You see it, and, like, that's fiends. Mm-hmm. And it just fit, like, this whole, like, uh, theme that we were kind of going for. Um, also, I should probably um, touch on... The other imagery that we're going for, because that became a big thing, um, presentation became a huge part of our band. We're not going to dress in like band T-shirts. We're not going to dress in this blows T-shirts. We decided early on that, like, let's all just wear matching black. That way we're we're not taking attention away and putting on one member. We're all equal. And if somebody says, "Oh, this is my favorite member," this is that's that's for them. But like we are a unit, you know, we are a family, we are a gang, and so you know, we changed that. But also, we kind of adopted. I I like to think of it as, like a mascot for the band, the the, the Frankenstein uh, image. It's it's on my bass drum. It's it was on our our our, our cabs. Is is it still on there? Yeah, it's still it on there really to is. this day. Like fuck, eight, seven eight years later. Um, that became such a huge like symbol of the band and i think that's i think that was another idea i had where i just wanted something like strong a strong iconography for the band that you see that on stage that's fiends i don't know i don't know I don't, i've never heard of that band, banner but that's the fiends band you mm-hmm. know and we got that a lot when they would see the cabs like yeah instantly their would eyes would go on stage
3: actually say yeah man like I knew the Fiends was playing because I saw that Frankenstein cab or the Frankenstein drumhead. Like I knew you guys were here somewhere. And, I'm and like,
0: sometimes oh. they, 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 there was times where they hadn't even heard her band, yeah. but there you can already see them eyeing it on stage. Who is that band? You know, mm-hmm. and um, I think just I think that's kind of where my headspace was at. Where just like I, if we want to get personal, like it was uh, that was a weird time in my life where like I um identified like with that like um no emotion kind of like deadpan kind of uh imagery where just like that's what I felt like at the time like just this mm-hmm. monster like uh, this Frankenstein uh, Frankenstein's monster and it really translated into the band because when we we're on stage like that's what it felt like. It was like mm-hmm. we are fucking Yeah animals. We we're mm-hmm. monsters on stage. We we're fiends like it really translated to just the live overall show. So if anybody ever wanted to know, that's where that comes from.
2: Yeah, and uh, also I'd like to add, you know, when we we started uh, matching on stage, you know, as fiends, you know, we were all matching and the whole Frankenstein deal and we were doing that, you know, and it, it felt a whole lot more serious to me when I was on stage, like, okay, man, this is no bullshit. We gotta fucking move. We gotta do some shit, he, dude. It was, it was such a big, big change for us, man. I felt that shit. Does it make
0: it easier to perform on stage?
2: Yes. Yeah. You know, whatever you had, what you just said about you know the whole Frankenstein and the whole thing, you know, it's just kind of like we kind of got the same vibe and we we started feeling that same feeling on stage. And I, well, as for me, I'm I'm pretty sure as for for y'all, we totally game-changer yeah
0: i agree let's move on to the actual ep itself and like i said we're going to be going song by song and if anything kind of comes to mind um yeah you're more than mm-hmm. welcome just kind of just jump in and kind of share your thoughts um so we have the opening track of the witch house ep this is a song called death mask <laughs> this is one of the few songs that i actually help name and i think you did every once in a while like i i leave the lyrics to nick he's he's a very good lyricist and uh i don't try to you know overstep my boundaries and try to write lyrics for him but every once in a while i will try to like plant a seed in his head and kind of like give him an idea that way he can maybe take that and make it into a song. Um, I remember I was watching some documentary. I don't even know what channel it was, but they were doing like maybe um, I think it was on like the old time like um, sarcophagus and like the the mummies and how they would create like these death masks. And I thought like that's a that's a fucking badass name for a song. Like that's that's sick. You know they would make these these moldings, these plaster castings of uh, this person's face. I was like, dude, like we should that should be a song. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I pitched it to Nick and he thought it was a good idea and he just worked his magic and he came up with the lyrics and the lyrics go hard,
1: dude. I I loved writing the lyrics to that song because at the time, like you kind of prefaced with, we were in the very, we were in this horror mindset and I was like, well, fuck, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to become a character and I'm going to write this song. And so basically, the character of the song is making a death mask for this person that he kills, you know? And, um, it, it, to me, it was, for all these songs, there's two ways to take them. Should I say this now or should I just wait? Um, you can touch on it a little bit. Okay. Um, there, there's, you know, for this song, I, I, I want it to be more so of a story than actually anything personal. Because I mean, I've never killed anybody, but I mean, <laughs> yeah but I mean, um, basically i'll just touch with that i'll just say that the song was about a character who does kill somebody and makes you know a plastered cast of their face and actually i really enjoyed writing this song and one of my favorite lines is um plastered faces cast with smiles hide disgust and then i you know and then a new a new arrival for my masquerade so good and so um, I, I took a lot of influence from just from what you talked to me about this documentary. And then I kind of went back and I, I was, you know, I, I listened to um, uh, a good song called, by Mudvayne called Nothing to Gain, which is <laughs> uh, about uh, Ed Gein, famous serial killer. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I, I listened to that song a few times just to kind of get ready and get in the mindset that I needed to be to write my song. And I didn't steal any lines from that, from that song by any means. But that kind of helped me get into the headspace I needed to be to write lyrics, and that was a really fun song, and it's still one of my favorite fiend songs
0: real quick before in the Burn this day like uh days, like um I think Gino and Roly would kind of like handle the majority of the writing and for the first time with these songs, I feel like it was collaborative. It was all four of us writing. Nick would even help write like guitar parts, yeah. you know uh, I was helping writing some of the guitars like we were it was like it was even like twenty five like all of us so that was cool and I think that's why these songs work so well Um, also at the the very end of this song is the audio clip from um, the original Halloween movie Um, it's the audio clip of uh, Doc Loomis he's he's uh, talking about uh, Michael Myers uh, We were looking for some kind of audio clip. We knew we wanted something It just it had to be something like strong, something effective, something that went with the overall theme. But once I heard that, I was like, that's it. And then it'll go perfectly into the next song. And so I think it works out. It's it's memorable and just it just adds to the overall like aura of that first track. So a uh, fun fact here is that we originally uh we originally released this song on December 11th, 2013. And this was we recorded on by ourselves um and it's the first song that we ever put out officially as mm-hmm. a band. Mm-hmm. So, tail end of 2013. Now, we would spend like I would say like the writing process of this album took place between 2014 to 2016. Um... The EP itself wouldn't be actually released until April of 2017, but by that time we had been sitting on it for a while. We had already recorded it, and we already had like the second EP like already written and you know ready to go for the next one. So, 2014 to 2016 is kind of like my
1: timeline. Yeah, because during that time we played a lot of shows and a lot of songs became other songs. Yes, or we just like scrapped some. Yeah, and which we Mm -hmm. will
0: get into a little bit later. That's a good. That's a good point. Uh, so the second, the second. Second track of this EP is a song called "Life Taker."
1: Dude,
0: this is like a song that, like, I feel like we have to play in our set. Like, I feel like people expect it
3: it's the people it's someone that people remember i think from that EP, at least
1: mm-hmm. it wasn't a single but it probably should have been well I think it was the first song we released as a at, off the ep before it came might out. have been it was it was and um that was a that was i love that song it's it's got so
0: many memorable lines. I don't even have so much uh, a lot to say about it, but I think it's one of our stronger tracks. I think it's it's one again. It's one of the first ones that we ever wrote, so it's one of the first ones that we were playing live. Um, uh, as soon as we had like four or five songs, we were out there playing as many shows as mm-hmm. we could get. So we were kind of building traction, uh, playing all these shows and playing with like these new songs. And every show we did, we were just building confidence. Mm-hmm. Um. I think this is this is the one. It's it feels so good when people actually know the words to your song. I mean, at the end, like we're playing live, and just to hear people yeah. just come and take it, motherfucker! Like every single <laughs> yeah. time, yeah. Like it's like it's <laughs> like everybody just looks forward to that part, and it just it feels so good. It's like okay, they they actually pay attention. They know they know the songs. Um, yeah, it's just a great
1: solid song. And just. Couple, yeah. couple of fun facts about this song. So I don't think you planned this on purpose, but it worked really well because I think Life Taker was originally a, a track called The Shape. Do you remember that? That does sound familiar. Like, yeah. So you, I, and I believe you're the one who came up to me and you were like, I think we should name a song called The Shape. And because you were like so about, you know, you were on like a, on a Halloween yeah. craze and Michael Myers was referred to as The Shape. And so... I loosely wrote the lyrics about Michael Myers to some degree, but not fully. And so, and then the, so that ended up, so the shape ended up becoming Lifetaker. So I had to tweak a few things, but that's how I kind of start shorted out or started out and then ended up, well, it's cool because at the end of Death Mask, you have that audio clip yeah. from Halloween, and then it goes into Lifetaker, which, you know, is based yeah, off. Yeah. So it worked out great. And then... Um, I ended up naming it Life Taker, and this is a fun fact that people are probably going to laugh at, but I got the name Life Taker, and I wanted to put that in the song <laughs> um, from Say It Ain't So by Weezer. My love is a I, I took that from... Think I, of Weezer the I next time. I took that from Weezer, so... Um, Thank you, Rivers. It, so, yeah. so I thought that was kind of cool. So... Um, I love that song. It's, you know, I had nothing, nothing else to say about and that. And I think I
3: vaguely remember uh, there was a time we hung out and he had mentioned that, that you yeah. had actually taken that from Weezer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, yeah, that's crazy because it's not, nothing to do with like those sounds. And, sound and it's of- funny
1: because I, I, I say that now telling people because <laughs> yeah. for years that song's yeah, been yeah. out and nobody's ever been like, yeah, Life Taker, where have I heard that before?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, So we're gonna go ahead and move on this is the third track of the EP it's actually um, the first uh, first music video that we ever did and the song is called hangman again we're going with like the the diy attitude of just like we're gonna do it ourselves so like we recorded the first thing ourselves we're gonna record like the first like um the first music video ourselves and and we did this actually in our storage room um we we had a storage room in in weslico and we just kept it very simple black and white kind of like the universal like monster movie kind of thing and um we were gonna kind of do that and we thought it 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 worked it was a very simple simple video and it's just something that didn't take a lot of thought we just thought it looked thematically it looked cool but um this this uh this song is really where i think nick shines the most because nick is really good at coming up with hooks like he's good at like doing these very catchy, memorable vocal parts. Even though he's screaming, right? He's not singing. Like, his parts are so catchy that they're they're earworms. They're going to stick in your head.
1: Yeah, and for that, I I definitely started doing that a lot more um, for that reason because I felt like a lot of people in our genre are just, like, so... Like, a lot of people in our genre, really love gutturals and lows and shit. They're like, oh, that guy has such sick lows. And I, I do. I, I like that shit, too. But it's like a lot of it is like a dime a dozen. I mean, some of these some of these guys are just like, uh, nothing's memorable. So I'll, one person that I'm really influenced by is Mike Patton from Faith No More. He's probably one of my favorite vocalists of all time. And so he does that a lot in, in all of his projects. So I tried to do that in my songs, too. And Hangman was really a fun song to write. Um, uh, some of those parts, are, I'm so I hate to sound like a, like an asshole, but I'm proud of myself for some of the things that I've done in that song. So I mean, uh, you know, just just going along with the with with the rhythm is, you know, you're turning your back now, you're killing me, you're turning, you know, just going around with the song. And then and of course my little rap part in the middle kind of set like precedents for things I would do later on. But I mean, I, yeah, that's a killer song. So we're gonna move on the the fourth track of the EP.
0: It's not so much a song; it's more like an interlude. Uh, so the song is called "Haunted." And uh, this song, I think the re- uh, this, song... rolling, yeah, it was it, basically I hit Roly with like this trap beat, and I just let him freestyle over it, and it was all him, man. Um. And I think the reason I think what I was going for is something along the lines of Sworn In's. Uh, there's a song called "Mute" on the Death Card, and it was something that they use like just in between songs, and that's really what I wanted. I would so, something that we could slip in the middle of our intro, or in the the middle of our set to kind of break up, um, break up the the second half of uh, the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, something that was just kind of like to fit. Set the vibe and and set the tone or whatever. And this is this is during a time where, uh, not a not a lot of bands were doing the whole trap metal thing. I think since then, plenty of bands have, have done th- it. songs yeah. like this. So, but at the time, uh, not so much. Um, that must have been fun for you, Rolly, Dude, man.
3: It really was. I mean, I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed it because when you came with a, a track for me and you're like, hey, man, go ahead and do what you do. Me not being so much of a lead kind of guy because that's mostly what Chino does. But, that's true. But actually listening to it and doing it, it, was really fun, dude. And then listening to it at the, the end product was like, man, it fits so well with the theme and the whole thing of this first EP that we had. Mm-hmm. And it was a good like in-between all the heavy shit that we were playing or all the songs that we had, that little break and relax was just... Man, it hit hard. Yeah, I really liked and, it.
1: and props to Josh because yes. oh, he's definitely. the one who put the audio clips in this actual track. And I remember him listening to it, and he was already like, "I'm hearing something here, maybe like some Vincent Price or something." Exactly. Like I, I remember yeah. him saying that. And um, you know, from the get-go, Josh always knew he was like always in the mindset of fiends, and he he knew what needed to be done. And he did such a good job on that EP and i still remember recording those songs over at his place and and i had such a good time doing it and so he he really um he really put put a lot of effort into this ep you know and little things like that that he he wanted to shine so shout out to you josh Uh, i'm glad you brought that up because this is a very good example of of
0: just how involved josh was in the making of this album and and um is, is very collaborative and he would throw in his his ideas or his thoughts and he would pitch them to us and he would just kind of hear something and he would go for it so he was a uh, um heavily involved but but because he understood our sound and he he built like a good relationship where, with us where we trusted him to do that and we were open to letting him do that
1: i i i loved to go record over there because like i remember the first time i showed up he was like oh Hold on, let me turn off the lights. We need to get into the mood. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so like, exactly. you know, he had, like he knew what kind of like what mindset I needed to be in to perform. And so he he's the man. I, I I I have nothing but good things to say about Josh.
0: Now we're moving on uh to the next
1: track and it's a track
0: called Devil. <laughs> In contrast, right? We just talked about how what a good experience we had, Josh, and he's a guy that understood what we were going for and understood our sound. We did not have that same experience with this song because this is the a song that we recorded. This as a single, we recorded some other place, uh, other place. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention, it. it doesn't really matter. But uh, the gist of this story is that um, this person was trying to be. A producer and we didn't ask for him to be a producer because at this point mind you we spent two years writing these songs we knew exactly more or less what we wanted what kind of s- specific sound that we wanted we were trying to go in a different direction than all the other bands and i i remember like there'd be parts and, and times in the songs where like i'm telling this person like it needs to be this part on the drums. And he's rewriting my drum tracks. And I was like, no, no, no. It needs to be like this. And he's he's basically telling me, like, no, it's going to be like this. And I'd be like, no, bro. Like, I've heard, you know, I, I listen to this song. And he would, like, pretty much argue with me. No, I, I listen to this song every single day. It's got to be like this. And that's the thing. Like, when you go into to to record with somebody, like, that's great when when the person recording you can put on their producer hat and make suggestions and if they have a vision kind of it's their job to suggest it to you but ultimately it should be up to the band and if they're willing to to uh make those changes and this guy was just pretty much just like he wanted to it's like bro if you want these parts go write it yourself go this is not your band to be doing that and that's the big problem I, I had with that is that it was a very specific vision that we had. So don't pretend like you know these songs better than we do because you don't. Because we've listened to these songs. If you've heard these songs, if you've thought about these songs a hundred times, well, guess what? We've thought about these songs thousands of times mm-hmm. before it even got to you. So um, if you remember also, man, we, we put out this, this song as a single and we got a lot of backlash on yeah. it and this is uh we put it out and we try to promote it as much because we were very very excited for this song uh, the, the other thing too about the song and this is i feel like this is a song where roly really shines this is where you hear roly's influences because there's a lot of like slipknot influences in this song and it was great because yeah. i you know for the most part this album is very like down tempo ish kind of slower grooves but this is a faster song mm-hmm. so you really get to show your chops in this one. I was like, "Fuck, dude! This is reminds me of like Slipknot, Iowa." Yeah, I, I love it.
3: That, that's basically when when uh, the riff. Well, I heard the riff because originally it was Jason that came up with the beginning riff. If you remember, he came up with the beginning riff off his bass. Really? Oh and, yeah. yeah. And then okay. we worked off that. Mm. And after that, like I just started thinking, like, "Fuck, man!" You know, some some like fast thrash part would sound pretty pretty good in this song, but nowhere to put it. Yeah. And it ended up just working out just like that mm-hmm. and i just this is another good song This pretty so good
0: song. so long story short we put we put out this song and we try to promote it as much and i remember like we'd see like people sharing this song people we didn't know sharing this song and
1: a bunch of fucks over like in the new braunful san marcos area for some reason and oh man dude i wanted to, like i wanted to get in my car and just drive over there and find them and beat the fuck out of her <laughs> like i was so mad dude i was like man fuck these guys dude not because, like, they were, I mean, so, like, I was upset because they were, like, talking shit about the lyrics. They were and, saying the lyrics are trash, are, the vocals are uh, trash, yeah. they laughing at it. Yeah, and, I mean, like, I mean, I preferred how the vocals sounded in Josh's mix. But, I mean, like, the lyrics, like, again, mind you, these were all horror-based songs. So, I mean, this song is kind of, like, loosely based on, like, the Amityville horror possessions and stuff like that. So, I mean, of course, I'm talking about, like, you know... Murder and stuff like that in the song, and so they're like, "Oh, fucking edge, trying to be all edgy." I'm like, "Okay, are you saying that same shit to fucking Corpse Grinder and Cannibal Corpse?" It's like, you you think he actually comes blood? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, he might, he might. But I mean, it's just like, like I'm not fucking saying that I'm gonna do these things. And like, it, it's like that song. You know, I, I won't get into like the second me because there's two meanings to this song. But like. Th- I, I wrote that song more just kind of fiction-based than anything. And so, like, these fucking guys were just, like, who I didn't even know were just, like, trashing it. I'm like, who the fuck are these remember guys? Remember the
0: vocalist of that band Introvert was got his hands on it, was trashing it, reposted it, and was trashing it. Yeah. He was talking shit. And also, like... Um, there's a band from here, and I'm not gonna mention names, but like there's a band. It circulated, and they were sharing it too, and kind of clowning on us at the time too. But those guys are a bunch of fucking metal elitists, anyways. But yeah, like it was just circulating, and like people we didn't even know, and they were just pretty much just making fun of us, and it really fucking killed their confidence, cause like this is something that we were excited about, and it's just like what the fuck, dude, like. Like and and that upsets me because like they trash on your fucking lyrics when you're talking about something that's fiction, but then
1: they also trash on it when it's something fucking real. So like, what do you want? Yeah, it's like it's like are these do these guys like love infant annihilator lyrics? Because <laughs> I mean, I'm sure those are fucking totally real. I mean, we can we can write lyrics about
0: decapitating a girl's head or whatever, yeah. but like it's been done a million times.
1: Like, I mean. It's just silly. I don't so get it. I, I mean, I, there were, I think there was might have been some hesitancy when we did it again for the Witch House EP. But for the Witch House EP, it was like, it was received well. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Like it's, we know people who are like, oh, that's my favorite song. Really? Like, wow. In my and and because it always goes back in my head about like what happened we, when that, we when yeah. we released it and recorded it like a year and a half or two before then.
0: So so again. Uh, so fuck all you haters. Pieces <laughs> of shit. <laughs> that song. That song was we released it September nineteenth. 2015 so again the actual witch house ep doesn't get released until 2017 so that's how much like time uh, was in between and and how much like the the, the the scene changed the scene changed because by the time 2017 came around people love that song but in 2015 they were not about it <laughs> But you it. know it's like it's the same song yeah
1: like, they were like oh it was trying to be edgy you know how many people tried and were edgy like after that song came out and then people were like all about it it's like yeah people were all about edgy between like 2014 and 2017
0: it's it's again they whatever's cool they pretend like you know they're just going with whatever trends and they just clown on
1: and i don't know why that guy from introvert was talking shit he just ripped off villains
0: exactly i mean i mean let's be real that's a fucking villains cover band but whatever um so also too um i should i want to comment on your lyrics because i think they're fucking badass lyrics and we have that that end part of the end breakdown you have that line that we totally just took from uh, one of the insidious movies that's funny because
1: we we wrote or you know i wrote the lyrics for devil after larry and i used to live together and so it was like a weekday we had nothing to do like hey let's just go watch that fucking new insidious movie just for fucking shits and gigs so we went and watched it, and there were some kind of cool parts. I mean, it was kind of campy at some parts, but there were some, like, cool, creepy parts, and there's that one part towards the end where, like, this, like, creepy lady is, like, sitting on a couch, and then she starts singing. I always wanted to know, I wanted to know, to
0: know how I would go. Go. Tell my friend, friend
3: how I need my, my
1: end. So, like, I remembered that while we, were watching. while we were watching, so that when I went home, I would, and, and I put that in the song and for that reason so i mean oh that's
0: fucking cool like (laughs) inspiration can literally strike anywhere so uh okay so we're kind of winding down here on the ep we get to the next track it's a song called "Ghost." ghost this song originally went by a different name this song was originally called idol killer and this song was uh, yeah the early days this song (laughs) was about uh it was about the scene it was a very much like fuck you kind of uh talking shit about the scene but more specifically about like the kids that would go on idolizing these promoters like these these they would treat them like they were they were gods like they would just bow before their feet and like we always saw that as like, that's this very strange, like, they're, they're just fucking people, like... They they're per- people, and like, they treat the rest of us like shit. People who have never been in bands that don't know what it's like to do what we do. I mean, you literally would have the big promoters, but then you have the wannabe promo- promoters that would be doing these shows, and that would half-ass it, and, you know... Uh, not promote their shit and then you get there and you're playing in front of five people why are you wasting my time like i'm not 17 18 years old anymore like i can't be doing this so yeah it was very much of like that idol culture that was that was very prevalent uh, in the scene especially in the later like 2010s especially when stuff like nsn was a thing and you know the the don't 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 get emo
3: I, i guess that's another reason why i kind of enjoyed like Being ourselves only because, like, dude. Honestly, how I get... I don't know if I'm speaking for Chino as well, but, like, I'm writing the music that we write and not giving a shit about what what anybody thinks is what really gets us through. Like, you know what, dude? You have your own shit. We're going to keep writing what we like because we enjoy it. And I think that's what makes us fucking such a badass... such badass live performers is because we actually enjoy the shit that we're
1: we're playing. Exactly. And it's like... You know, what you see, or what, I shouldn't say what you see, but what you hear is what you get, yeah. as far as like, at least me vocally and lyrically, too. It's like, I'm not out here to make friends with everybody. Mm. I'm not here to kiss promoters' asses because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going and being an asshole to people. I want to meet and socialize and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm not going to fucking kiss somebody's ass so I can be on a show. You'll never catch anybody in this band doing that because it's fucking wrong. It's if you don't want me on your show, you don't like our band, or you don't want to give us a shot, that's okay. We'll, fig- we'll figure out a way. Um, and how can somebody who sings a song like fucking Devil or "Life Taker" um, be seen outside of that as a kiss-ass? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like people wouldn't fucking take me seriously. And people would see right through that on stage like, oh, that guy's a fucking phony. <laughs> You're a phony, a big, fat, <laughs> big, fat phony, <laughs> you know? So it's like I, I never cared about that. So, yeah, I forgot that it was originally Idol Killer because then I had to change all the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. We,
0: it, it was the only song that that just at that point didn't fit. And and I think there was a song that it was just like we were never going to be that band that was going to sell 100 tickets to play at 1 o'clock on day two of NSN. Just, you know, it, it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's where that song comes from. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of, like, uh, you know, who you knew in the scene and just, like, everybody just playing for like the the clout the reputation you know that's yeah. that's what it was all about but yeah the, that song stuck out big time it didn't fit the concept album so i think you know i approached nick it just like we got to change the song and so i think we settled on ghost which really i mean if we're being real is just we needed a name for a song and last minute we're just like nick was really big into ghosts at the time he still is but like he I really got ghost. into he, he really got like super into ghosts so we're like Let's just name it Ghost. And he was like, All right. Yeah. And so I
1: had the lyrics written for like in like 20, 25 minutes. I, you know, fun fact the first, like, the first line of the song is, In the Night, I Am Real. <laughs> so I stole that from Ghost's um, cover of Rocky Erickson's, Erickson's song, If You Have Ghosts. And he goes in the song, In the Night, I Am Real. So I, I, I did that as a homage to Ghost, who's like one of my favorite bands. And then I kind of took it from there. That's a cool song. I like that song a lot.
0: Um, So we're going to end on uh, the title track of the EP. The song is Witch House. thing i have to add to this one is just the fact that nick did not like this song for like the first two or three years he hated the song he hated playing it he he just did not like this song and i took offense to that because like i was heavily involved in writing the song so i took it personally like dude these parts are badass and the funny part is like years later like maybe the last year and a half two years nick's just like i fucking really this song is fucking awesome this is a good song (laughs) And I was just like, I know. I told you that five years ago. <laughs>
1: Shit. So, so yeah. Like now it's like I think I was the one who was pushing that like the last, like before COVID, when we were playing shows. I was like, "We got to play Witch House, dude." And he was just we ended up playing it at the yeah there. yeah we, we we played it like I, I, but I told Larry that's a good second song we should play it second and we were, we were kind of playing it second for a while and
0: we've only played it a handful of times but because of that reason he did not like it and then afterwards he's just like i'm glad i wrote it i'm a f- I'm, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot that's a good song it's a good yeah. song man there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of stuff going on there any
1: anything anybody want to add i just want to say like a lot of the lyrics are really horror based and um, but there's a lot of double meanings to pretty much every song on the album so i won't get into every single one but i you know for example an easy example is witch house since we're talking about it. So witch house obviously is, you know, in the house of the witch, blah, 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 you know, so there's a witch, she's fucking evil. You're in this house. She's going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. So you can take it like that. But really what that song also is about is temptation and vices and things that can ultimately lead to your downfall. So, if you're into fucking drugs or gambling, whatever, you know, that is the witch, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of that stuff hidden in this EP. Um, I, I don't want to get too, too into it, but I, I, I loved doing that for this EP, having double meanings to every single song. But so, I mean, if you want to go on a ride and just just listen to it as a, as a concept album, go for it. If you want to go dig deeper and look for actual meanings in it, there are, they are there.
0: Uh, cool. So to kind of cap things off and kind of put a bow on this episode, um, this all eventually leads to uh, the EP release show. And it was a long time coming. We, it was a very long process of writing it and recording it and then just kind of sitting on it for a while until waiting for the time, until uh, the time was right to actually uh, be able to do the show so the show wouldn't happen until uh april 14th seven uh 2017 so we're almost at the four year anniversary mark of that and this show took place it was a free show it took place at yerberia and let's just go through the lineup this is a fucking sick ass lineup so of course fiends right and then this was the debut show of the band x Crang. um that's a band that's not around anymore but check them out they, they have one uh, music video out it's fucking killer like we talked about like that song haunted like that was at a time you know when not a lot of people were doing the trap metal thing but that's a band that kind of came out around the time and they were doing the trap metal thing so if that's your thing that's that's a band for you it was also the debut show of the band wolves and i don't believe they're still around but again, we had two debut shows, uh, for, for two bands. And I always thought that was cool because we're a band that always wanted to try to help out, uh, the other bands because we knew what it was like to be in that spot. So we tried to help them out and maybe give them a good platform to, to, you know, a good launching pad to at least have some eyes on them because we did not get that when we were coming up. Um, then we also have the band pulses, the homies, Fucking great band, uh, and the hero prevails. Um, nice, good bros. Uh, that was a band that we we wanted on there because we wanted to mix the genres. We we felt like we were good, like in between band. We could play with the heavy bands, but we also wanted to play with some of the the not as heavy bands because we wanted crossover. We wanted to be that crossover band. So uh, we were glad to have them on the show. Then there is the band uh, the Valley. Um, Bros, fuck f- one like, of the one of the original, you know, homie bands. Yeah, like I miss
1: those fucking guys.
0: Uh, another homie, uh, Dithala. Fuck yeah, one of my favorite valley <laughs> bands. This is a sick lineup. So if you if you went to this show, like shout out to you guys because uh, this was a very very fun show, solid lineup. You just seeing this lineup makes me miss shows so much. I wish we could have this again. Like I would go to this tomorrow like yeah this is a great lineup and good diversity too it's not just the same band over and over again so if you're not into this you might be into that so you there's something for everybody on this show and i have uh the cool thing is we i believe we sold out all of our uh physical copies at night oh really so i i believe so i because we sold we sold some previously like the the week leading up to it so we sold a good amount but um we sold the majority of them on this night. We had a few left over that we kept personally, you know, for ourselves. But we did very good. Um, and what I also remember, too, um, I think we wore masks to this show. I don't think we did. Oh, you know what? No, I did, no. this is, I, wore this did I wore masks. I wore masks. But I just, I remember this was, like, the first time we, we played all these songs live uh, in order. And... This is one of the shows where like at the beginning of the show, you, you just you stress out because now your name is on the flyer. Now you have the pressure of like, are people going to show up to see us? And I think like the first two bands, like two or three bands, like there's an OK crowd. But like I was starting to get nervous because we put ourselves like somewhere in the middle and it was just like, oh, I don't know. But like right before we played, that's when everybody came. And it made me feel... I was like, it it was a great feeling because like, they're here to see us. Yeah. It was was a strange feeling, but it meant everything. I showed up. Yeah, you showed up. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what we would have done without you. Uh, Everybody showed up. We had a great set, and the other bands had a great set, and it was just a great night for all of us, and I will always remember that, and it was just... It was a nice way to cap off just this long two, three-year journey of this EP. Now, is there anything that you guys want to kind of add to that?
3: I do. Through this EP, even before then, like, being in this band, one thing you never had to worry about is each other having to come up with your own parts. Especially, I want to give props to Nick. Because, dude, like, as a vocalist, and as the band that we are, and has how many times we've even practiced together how he was just able to write lyrics so fucking awesomely and fucking just by listening to what we wrote is talent alone to think that like i'm never worried like when we write music like even now when we write new stuff i'm never worried about like oh nick has to come up with lyrics now because
0: it's gonna get done dude
3: that and the way they come out are so fucking awesome that's why like reading the lyrics and the meanings to them and and having him, having him explain how he came up with them and everything is even fucking better. But, yeah, that's...
1: I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. And, you know, that's something I have a conversation with Larry about a lot as far as... Now it's so hard to write lyrics, but back then it was so easy. <laughs> but, um, I mean, vocal patterns is, is... For me, vocal patterns and with our shit, it's not very hard. But, like, finding content is hard. Back then we were so hungry, I could write a song. Like, I could get lyrics done in half an hour tops. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, that's how... That's how dedicated and like quick I was, and you know don't get me wrong, I made tweaks to things here and there when I needed to, but for the most part, the the nuts and bolts of the song was done, and then you know we would we would play it, and then if I needed to fix something, I'd fix it.
0: So this this has been a great revisiting this this EP, and it's it's I'm glad that you guys could be here for this because a lot of the stuff that we said, I don't even think you guys knew. Like, how much, like, how meticulous, like, all of these ideas were kind of put in place from the beginning. I think you guys kind of focused just more on the music, but a lot of these uh, ideas sprouted from Nick and I just hanging out on his couch. And this EP is a, it's, it's a great snapshot of who we were. And, and the band we were at the time from 2014 to 2016, we were the band with the chip on our shoulder. We were the band with everything to prove to, you know, uh, we talked about how like everybody fucking made fun of us and, you know, they were just clowning on us and like the scene was full of elitist by 2017. Everything changed. All the bands were friends with each other and, and everybody dug what we were doing. So, so much changed in between then and i think it became a, a a healthier healthier um scene for it maybe not as maybe it's not as you know as popular as it once was but i feel like the people that were in it were real and genuine and they were there because they loved music and so i'm glad that i, I will always think fondly of this this EP and whenever the songs come up I'm on shuffle or sometimes I actually I just I'm in a fucking angry mood I just want to listen to this album and it still hits hard and it it gets me every single time so yeah um yeah this is this is our our tribute this is our celebration to the EP so if uh hopefully y'all were entertained listening to this and and we urge you go jam that album and let us know what you think of it you know fucking four four years later let us know um, how you feel about the song so we're gonna wrap things up for roly chino nick and myself this has been the fiends podcast we'll see you next week
1: deuce